0: Hey, powerful creatives! Welcome to Ranting Through Life, where we free the creative soul. I am your host, multifaceted creative Janu Alisa, and today we are gonna get unapologetic about our artistry. Let's go. Okay, so so lately, if you guys you guys are on on Instagram with me, um creative soul rtl you guys have have seen it y'all have y'all have definitely seen that i have broken down rant into into four simple steps revel in your passion aspire to inspire navigate creative thought and trust your voice so so much is happening so much is happening in the world and in in this country i i'm in the u.s for people who aren't uh, um, i'm in the u.s but so much is so, so so much is happening and i've been thinking about all the things that we are born with that we can't control and you know, you know, race, stuff like that, <laughs> and, but but even aside from, not even aside from that, but in addition to that, I believe truly that we are born with, with the creative souls. We are born with the soul that we have. We are born... To be creative, and and some, um, you know, don't don't choose to be creatives as a profession, or don't do anything with that. And I think us, me, myself, and you guys, and and so many out there, you know, do choose it as a career, and we think of it as. Um, you know the the basics of like dance and, and music and uh, performance and painting like visual art and stuff like that. Um, but you know it even goes deeper than that. Like there's the culinary arts. There there's so many different things. Um, there's fa- well fashion is something that I I would be willing to talk about on the show. But um there's you know stuff that is like no 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 that's still a very creative thing. Um, but it's viewed in a very different way. but as my as my mom always said growing up, she was like, her her tagline was always born to create. And I feel that. Like, <laughs> I'm like I, I feel that. and i and as i was I was thinking about this episode and I was thinking about so many so many wonderful creatives um especially at a time of like you you do get so many wonderful creatives using their platforms for activism and in their art um demonstrating voices that are not often represented uh to to the full extent or or even some that are are muted so often, and giving a voice to, to people, and, and causes that don't have a loud enough voice, or if they, if, if someone thinks that it's being too loud, then something should be done about it, you know, and, and there's so much of that, like, it's, it's so beautiful, and I've been, I've been thinking real hard about that, and I was just like, so what, what does all of that have in common? Like what what do all of these these activists have in common? And and what does it And if if we were if it's if we can't control that we were born to create, what does what does that mean? What do we do with that? What do we do with that information? What we don't apologize for that information. We don't stifle our artistry for that information. Um especially because so often there is a, a status quo in politics, in Hollywood, in, in th- there's, there's so, there's so many, I, uh, I, I, I know I say it a lot, but I, I, I need to stress it. There are so many no's, there's so much rejection and there's so many other people doubting you that you can't doubt yourself. And with that that means as as we remove the cant from the the lexicon it allows us to trust our voice and not apologize for what needs to or has to be said as i as i personally the way that i create is i kind of like pick up a paintbrush or i pick up a pen and sometimes the thing that I wanted to get out and in my head was going to get out is not what ends up on the paper, especially when it comes to poetry. So I'll be like, I'll have this poem going in my head all day or I'll have this song. Songs are harder because like I'll have this song that I'm like, this tune stuck in my head and I'll forget the tune, but the words are still there or vice versa. And then I'm like, why? Um, But... But it, it's just natural and it comes to you. So then, or so then, when it's unnatural, or we we choose to we ch- we choose to change what is so natural, whatever um your your creative outlet is, and we choose to go the unnatural way with it. And I'm not saying the first draft is is always the best, even. As I'm recording this right now, this is literally my third draft. Um, the second one got ruined because Hero decided to, um, he decided he wanted he wanted to be the guest today, and I had to tell him, get off the desk. It it'd be wild for me to not talk about Rihanna in in this episode because you know her album Unapologetic. Like guess what y'all? I'm not going to talk about Rihanna in this episode. Uh, a celebrity that I did want to talk about, though, is Spike Lee, and he's actually going to tie into our fictional creative today, because I was I was watching in an interview with with Spike Lee, and it, it was a interview from a few years ago when he did the. The Netflix series of She's Got to Have It because his first his first Spike Lee joint was was She's Got to Have It, which is a which is film about I guess promiscuous artist um, that has more. Her name is Nora Nola Darling. She has multiple um, partners. Um, in the original movie, all all male, I think. I don't remember the first movie. I've seen it. I just don't remember it. It's beautiful piece of work. Um and then and then he redid that as a Netflix series later and even watching the the interview and ev- even watching all of or, or, I, I'm not going to say I've seen all of the Spike's Lee's movies, but all of the ones that I have seen his voice he, he trusts his what vo- you can tell that he trusts his voice so much um in his artistry or and if he doesn't he's fooling everybody because like he'll put pieces of documentaries into his art he will unabashfully um give representation to to voices that aren't often heard um even letting uh Nola Darling in the remake be pansexual is one like it, it's really awesome like to to just see that representation um and and the thing that you know he he said when someone was like uh yeah the the first movie the, the like the original um she's got to have it you know it was very male gazey and and stuff like that and then he was all like i mean it was my first, it was my first um, film and I wasn't married at the time. And, you know, like he acknowledges that he's like, basically like, I, I grew up. Of course, it's not going to be the same. Um, but, and and even acknowledging that as he did the, the remake, he made sure there was five female writers on it because he was still telling a female story. He made sure that his wife was, um, he talked to his his wife just to see a female perspective and, and things like that. And it's just like so often unapologetic or someone who's like, Oh, I'm, I'm being unapologetic or I'm being savage or something like that is just like, I'm going to do bad and I'm not going to say sorry for it. And, and I mean, I guess do you. And, um, but, but with that, it was like, no, to, to fully get, there's, he acknowledged even the aspects of the full vision that he wouldn't be able to necessarily um portray because he doesn't have that experience in allowing that that experience to come out and I know this is an episode about unapologetic but let's let's talk about how beautiful it is to acknowledge so much of created like that you can't do it by yourself you know that's beautiful but no just thinking about like like what he does and and how his art is and how powerful it is because it is true to what he's saying. And it's funny because some the the person in the interview I was watching was like, "So, so what do you want to have the audience take away from it?" And he's like, "I don't I don't do takeaways. I leave it to the audience. Like it's not it's not like, oh, I am wanting to, the audience to, to see this or feel this or da-da-da-da-da. Or he puts it out there, and, and then you get your feelings about it. He doesn't try to control your feelings. He put how he felt and how he envisioned it on the screen, and then it's, it's your choice to do with that what you will. And that's, that's the very unapologetic part about it because if you're you're like this is my truth and then you put your truth out there you're not waiting for how someone's going to to react I mean you're gonna see a reaction like someone no matter what you're gonna see a reaction when you put something out there and uh it's funny because you you see so many people like well I'm I'm unapologetic or you'll you'll see People using their una, unapologeticness to be cruel and not creative. Uh, and that's just people who have stifled their creativity. So yes, we're, we're channeling our inner Spike Lee and putting out the, the whole vision, the whole voice, trusting our voice enough and not, not allowing the, the naysayers to, to get all up in there. Um, I guess I can get into the fictional creative because it is Nola Darling from "She's Got to Have It," and because I don't fully remember the original film, I'm I'm speaking more to the fictional creative um, from the the second interpretation from the the Netflix series. The thing that I loved about it is not only did she have, not only did she have agency and a specific mission when it came to her to to her art, but she also had that in her in her life. Yeah, she 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 made sure that she had agency in her life and made sure that she didn't apologize for you know not sticking to one person and and she didn't apologize for like she wasn't hiding it like they as far as I know all knew about each other it wasn't that wasn't the secret it wasn't a secret she's just like this is what I need and I know that I need it but she also did that with her her art she she captured portraits and And was able to to bring out this unapologetic person through the portrait she she created and even in her self-portrait at the end so beautiful and moving um that she does it cap it was so unapologetic and but she she put it behind a she did put it behind a curtain but not for sake of and I'm sorry but to get the full impact of it and she she knew that putting it behind the curtain with, throughout the show and then and then having that image you guys have to see the show but having that image fully embodied what she needed to say um and that's that's what you you all have to do and we all have to do as creatives is say what we we need to say and and especially uh, we're not going to get into activism fully into this episode but we creatives be be activist you know um so we are going to eventually talk about activist at some point we're gonna we're gonna talk about a few uh not fictional creatives too that do the same thing even not through activism but it's they they have something to say and they they say it unabashedly because that's the that's the only way that we really sh- need to create um even ex- especially in a sense of like if you feel like you are being silenced or or someone else is being silenced or or something else that it it needs to be said. It needs to be heard. And if you're like, well, everyone's saying this, but they're not saying it how you're saying it. They can't. They it, it's not possible for for you to say it the same way because you're not the same person. Even even as an actor, you learn. Like even I I, I okay. So I've played I've played Pompey. I um from Measure for Measure. I've played Medea and you know how many millions i'm almost sure at this point of well maybe pompey hasn't been played by and no yeah both of these have been done enough that there's probably thousands and millions of people who have played the same part right but they're not going to look like how i looked doing it and even i've i've been in a in a production of medea where i wasn't medea and oh my god i I need to reach out to her and be like, yo, where are you at? You want to you want to you want to chit-chat cuz she is a, a lovely creative. She she was the the Medea to me being a, a woman of Corinth and the original pr- uh, production that I'd ever done of of Medea and like no, it's it's going to it's never going to be the same and and people aren't going to hear it the same. I can I can watch a thousand plays and i can watch the understudy and i can watch the the other person do it and that shows different even if um especially with when it comes to like theater or even if you think of covers like of songs and stuff like that yeah they're using the same lyrics but it doesn't feel the same it doesn't sound the same and so your voice like the if if you trust your voice as a creative and are unabashedful and unapologetic about your voice then you will realize that your specific voice is the one that needed to be heard in some situations um many situations like um just the (laughs) parents are gonna be so mad at me but okay so you ever you ever like (laughs) your parents ever tell you to do something and either you didn't do it or it just took you a little longer to do it or um your friend gives you advice or something like that and then you know with the parent thing like your aunt or your grandma tells you to do the exact same thing and it's like a quick thing that you do or your friend gives you an advice and then the complete stranger gives you the exact same advice and you take the stranger's advice. And then your friend's like, you know, I told you to do that. Um, but, but yes, (laughs) creating in regards to that is, is kind of this, the same thing where it's just like, you don't know who's listening. You don't, you don't know who needs to hear it from, You, you, you don't. Um, And the only way to know that is by fully putting out it to your true self, using that freedom that Nola Darling used in her whole life. Like every aspect of her life, she chose to be free. She chose not to choose to be something she wasn't. And in every aspect of her life. And that's what what you need to do, especially with your your creative your creative soul. Your creative soul is asking for it, asking for it, asking for it. Um, even there's even some some darker um, versions of this that has happened in history, where like like um, Edvard Munch, the Norwegian painter that painted the the famous uh, the Scream. Uh, as as well as many other uh, famous, well-known um, pieces of art, many other famous paintings. Um, he said, in in regards to his mental illness, he was very unapologetic about his mental illness. With this with this quote that I'm about to let you guys hear, he said, "My fear of life is necessary to me, as is my illness." they are indistinguishable from me and their destruction would destroy my art that when i read that i was just so kind of taken aback especially you know i mean yeah that this was said so long ago and he's passed at this point but i don't know like it, it, i i'm a strong believer of getting help you guys know that um and and not stewing in in the darkness um, that we talked about last episode but because he was doing exactly what we we talked about and and releasing it so much and it, it he knew who he was but even him saying that and being so – that's the most unapologetic thing you can say is just, nah. Like, I'm very aware of my state of mind. I know it's there. And then being like, but I'm not going to take away myself from that. And I I love that. I, I love that um, because there are so many different things. I was watching um, – Uh, I think I was in class a a few semesters ago or last semester or something and it was psychology and we were watching someone with a disassociated personality uh, disorder and and she had I think six different personalities and and her and her husband had been together for like 20 something years and he knows all of her personalities and I think it it seemed like originally she was like apologizing for it but at a certain point she was like this is who I am and and then regulating um, you know how not to to hurt herself or other people knowing that that's all of that is who she is and how we talked about last episode is using your art to make sure you don't hurt other people. Um, it's, that's such an, especially when you can help other people with your your, your voice and your art and, and your artistry and whatever you have to say, it's, say it. It's great that you have to say it. It is, it's beautiful because whether it be satire, whether it be just, anything. some You're not alone in that feeling and that is the most important part is knowing that you're not alone and someone needs to hear it from you. Thank you so much for joining me today on Ranting Through Life, Life Hacks for the Creative Soul. How are you getting unapologetic with your artistry today? How are how are you um, not saying sorry for your, trusting your voice? Let me know by emailing me at connect at janu.com. That's connect at sign J-H-O-N-U dot com. Or leave me a voicemail on rantingthroughlife.com and and share your journeys. Ask your questions Um, Don't forget to follow, subscribe, rate, and review wherever you are listening. And also tell a friend about the show. Tell a fellow creative about the show. Tell your mom about the show. (laughs) Mother's Day is approaching. And just remember that you are the beholder of your creative soul.